0: And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore.
1: Thank you so much for coming on, Krista. It's so awesome to have you on the show and chat to you about all things real estate and money. Um, so for those of you who don't know, who don't know Krista, she's actually, I, I think saying real estate expert expert is an understatement of the century you're the top one percent of realtors in the in the country which is just insane um so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom ah thanks for having me Simone I'm super excited I appreciate it I I look forward to this and I love how you're
0: out there helping people so I'm glad to be of help
1: yeah no amazing so I do know a little bit about you which I definitely want to talk about but before we jump in I'm going to ask you four quick rapid fire questions okay Uh, so first one where did you grow up I grew up in Northern California, about an hour from San Francisco. Okay. Nice area. Uh, What's your favorite
0: quote? Uh, Oh man, I, that, uh, you know, I don't really necessarily know that I have a favorite quote that I would say other than um, I just believe that anything you put your mind to, you can do as long as you, you, you never stop. Right. So you just keep on pushing forward. You'll never fail. And so that's kind of, any
1: quote related any teaching related, I'm down because if it has to do anything like that. Yeah. Amazing. Good. I love that. Uh, name one thing you love spending money on. Um, other people. Oh, I haven't yeah. had that one yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, bit of a philanthropist Am I, uh, I give I give a lot of money away actually. Uh-huh. Okay. Awesome. Um, finally, what does money mean to you? Uh, it means freedom. Uh, freedom in both and less stress, you know, and honestly, sometimes more
0: stress.
1: (laughs) Yep. Totally. Okay. Amazing. I like the simplicity of that. Um, Well, tell us a little bit more about you. I, I, you know, I know some of your backstory and I guess I do want to talk about that because I think our past really shapes us. Your experience growing up, I know that you moved out of home when you were 13 and you aren't bringing. And where you are today is just like insane. And I definitely want to pick your brain on that too and talk all things real estate and fire and all that sort of stuff. But tell us about kind of, yeah, your your background.
0: Um, well, I was um, I was raised in, as a Jehovah's Witness and which I which I absolutely have nothing bad to say about them at all love love them to death
1: okay I didn't um, actually know that bit right
0: yeah but when I was uh, 13 I kind of started to rebel a little bit and I ended up um getting myself into some trouble and finding myself in juvenile hall and then went back and I was running away for about a year before that so you know getting in trouble running away left home would go home and you know and then leave again for about a year until finally I got busted um my, I was, I stole clothes from my, from my, uh, my junior highs, clothes and money so that we could have clothes and food while we were running away, basically. And so we ended up getting caught and I ended up getting thrown into the, into the system, which was probably the best thing that could have happened because they couldn't, um, control me or keep me at home because until you actually break the law, you, they can't, the police can't really do anything. Right. And so I could have gotten in a lot more trouble had that lasted much longer. My life could have been a lot different. So I ended up, I found myself in juvenile hall for about three months. And then I went to a group home for, for a, uh, a year. And then I went to a foster home for my, my remaining high school um, t- time. And, you know, it was, pre- it was pretty challenging. I will tell you, I was, I was lonely. I missed my family. I, uh, I never really, I never really, I don't talk about this much. I'm getting kind of emotional. I don't ever talk about this actually. So it's kind of weird. Um, I found myself, but you know, just feeling like I never fit in and I didn't, I always didn't feel like people liked me. I was always just trying to like be this overachiever, people pleaser kind of a person because I didn't really have the, um, you know, the confidence in myself and, and I just always felt different because when you're in a foster home and everyone around you isn't, and they all seem to live quote unquote normal lives, you just, you are different and people view you different. And so I spent a lot of years kind of getting past that, I guess you would say. And I ended up reconciling with my parents, um, a few years after high school and, and I'm 48 now and we've been, you know, close as can be for, you know, 28 some some odd years and it's been great. But, uh, anything that I've earned or, or made or, you know, is hundred percent off from me. I put myself through college and paid for every dime of it.
1: And, right. um, uh, you know, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. You know, I think one of the, one of the, my favorite quotes that really sums up, um, I feel like your experience is I've never met a strong person with an easy past and, you know, so much, I, 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 so much of the successful people that are certainly in, in our network for sure, like hearing some of their backstories is just like whole, like you just your mind's blown about how you could possibly go through that, you know, and I know that you've just given us a snapshot and like that <laughs> there was no part of that. I'm sure that was easy and yeah, it really, like it really shapes us and who we are.
0: Yeah. And there, obviously, like you said, there's so much more in between that, you know, yeah, a lot of counseling, a lot of just everything. And, and then, you know, it's kind of life is really up and down. So then I ended up, you know, going through high school, meeting some really great friends and, you know, changed the trajectory of where my life was going, put myself through college, worked full time while while going to school full time. Mm. um, So I could pay for it and got a few, you know, loans here and there. And then I met someone who I thought was like the love of my life. And I ended up getting married at, at 20, um, 25. Right. And, then, um, after my first daughter was born, I found that he was having an affair. And so I stayed with him. And then I found that he was having another affair, uh, when my second daughter was born and she was, she was about three at that time. So, uh, I got, got a, got a call one day sitting at the restaurant with my best friends from high school with another girlfriend just saying, Hey, I just saw your husband Um, and he's basically, you know, he's being intimate with another woman. So I had a three-year-old and a five-year-old. We had just moved into a brand new house. I was a teacher at the time and I had left my full-time teaching job to go into, uh, to be home with my daughter because she had gotten sick. She had contracted spinal meningitis and she had um, a stroke, multiple strokes and kidney failure. And so I thought I need to be home with her. So I left my full-time teaching job um, to, and mind you, I had gotten a master's. I took myself all the way through school to get a master's degree. And I found that he was cheating and we had just bought this new house and I found myself at home alone with a brand new house, two daughters, empty bank accounts, and just like, oh my God. <laughs> so it
1: was okay. like, oh, things are
0: bad and they got better and they got worse, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like, I feel like sometimes when you think that you're at the bottom of something, <laughs> life sometimes shows you that that was not the bottom.
0: Simone, you are so
1: true, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: But <laughs> that, that's what, you know, that's what I kind of want people to hear is that a lot of times they look at people and they just think that they just had it easy, right? I mean, I was, oh. I was a pretty woman and I, and I, all I could think of was what's wrong with me? How, what could I have done better? I mean, you know, she's younger, she's prettier. She's, oh my gosh, why? I mean, it's just my my girls, the stability. I mean, it's just this crazy whirlwind that goes to your head. Right. And I I remember when it was Thanksgiving, I remember it very clearly, was Thanksgiving and I had, you know, my, the, the girlfriend knocks on the door and she's picking at my daughter's um, for Thanksgiving. It was my first Thanksgiving alone and and like watching my girls drive off, you know, and I just sat there drinking a bottle of wine for, you know, a couple hours crying and just feeling so horrible about my life, my situation, embarrassed, you know, sad because my family was ripped apart and just, I was devastated, you know, and, uh, I remember looking in the backyard and thinking, you can't keep doing this. You've got to get up, you've got to fight, and you've got to provide for your daughters, and you need to make it, keep this home safe. So my ultimate goal at that point was I need to keep my daughter safe in their home, and that was what my my why. My why was keeping them normal. I, the backyard's going to be, filled I'm going to put a pool back there, I'm going to put a backyard, I'm going to make them happy, it's going to be memories, it's going to be great. That was my objective, and so I um had just went into real estate at that time I I left teaching I said I'll I'll just play real estate I'll do sell one or two or three houses a year make the same amount that I I made as a teacher and I'll be a stay-at-home mom well I had to dive into real estate and I ended up selling 69
1: houses my first year that is insane that is so much and then I and then you've been doing over 100 every year since is that right yeah, pretty much. I've, I've sold
0: anywhere from uh, 69 houses to 100, 169. Weird number, but from anywhere from 69 to 169. One year uh, in between there, I think I sold 17 or 12 because uh, it was right around like when I was going through the di- divorce time, you know, and yeah. uh, I was kind of playing a little bit too hard and the market switched. and right. um, But then I realized I had to kind of switch the way I was doing business. And so I quickly got well, you know, Averaging 100, 100 homes plus, yeah, every year, pretty much. That
1: is, that is amazing. And so, how long have I don't actually know how long have you been doing it for? I'm I'm guessing <laughs> over I've been a decade. Real for seventeen years. Yeah, okay. Um, so, how did the two thousand eight crash affect you? Was it kind of major? Was it a good thing? Like,
0: yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so it at first it was it was rough, right? Because I was doing super well in real estate. i uh, developed a name for myself, the market changed. And all of a sudden we went, you know, we had, you know, 400 houses on the market, which is completely a, a buyer's market. I mean, you're talking yeah. inventory for 12 months and 14 months. And so I, and then people started losing their houses. So yeah. I started researching, you know, what's, what was happening and realized really quickly I needed to get my, to learn how to do short sales. I needed to learn how to do foreclosures. So I started traveling the country and, you know, picking up asset management companies and banks. And I started selling their foreclosures selling their assets, and so I ended up, my best year ever was actually during the foreclosure time. I sold 169 homes, and it was just complete chaos, and I was miserable because it was just so much work. It was just me and an assistant and a transaction coordinator, so I I wailed through it, right, did really well, and then the market switched again, so it went back to be more of a normal market, so I went from selling like 120, 160, 100-ish homes a year down to like 12 or 17. That was the time I was telling you. I went, I was like, oh my gosh, how does that happen, right? Yeah, yeah. And so there I am in scarcity mode again, going, Oh, what am I going to do? So, um, I went on a listing presentation I lost the listing and I called and said, why didn't you hire me? And they said, we didn't hire you because you're the foreclosure short sale queen.
1: We heard. Oh no, you got known as that.
0: Yes. And I was like, Oh my God, I am. That's me. Right. So I made the conscious decision at that point. I remember calling my girlfriend. She was was actually a lender. And I said, here's my plan. I'm going to, you know, I went to this, this, took this training. It was called the Institute for Luxury Home Marketing. And I started marketing every single listing that I had that was only $200,000 as if it was a million dollar property. Right. I did four page colored flyers. I did video tours. I did, I just, you know, social media campaigns. I just marketed them like insanely, inadvertently yeah. marketing myself. And then all of a sudden my business again, went back up, you know, hundredish hundred ish homes a year within 12 months because people saw me, doing something that nobody else was. I was spending money to make money. I was marketing my, my, my properties, but inadvertently I was marketing myself. And what I, what I always tell everyone is that you have to remember that when you're in business, anything that you do is a replication of how you do business. Right. Yeah. So just as soon as a foreclosure queen, because that's all they saw, I quickly became known as like the queen of marketing. Right. Yeah. So, um, people liked what I was doing because nobody else was doing it. Nobody else was doing video. Nobody else was doing drone. Nobody else was doing, you know, colored flyers. They they weren't even doing black and white flyers. Right. And so (laughs) they weren't sending out mass media, anything. They weren't utilizing social media. And so, um, I quickly turned it around. Amazing.
1: Good, good job. You (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: you know, I mean, you have to be willing, you know, in any business, no matter what it is, you have to be willing to to modify what you're doing, you have to be willing. You know, you know this, right, Simone? Like, Absolutely. you have to be able to adapt, and the and the key is to adapt quickly and to make decisions quickly. And mm-hmm. you know, you the more quickly you make decisions, the more quickly you might you might fail, but you'll make more more positive ones more quickly, <laughs> right? Yeah. You have, you have <laughs> a better opportunity
1: of succeeding because you, you make more quickly. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the the most successful people certainly that I know f- fail more than anyone I know yes um, and it, like the reality is most people just aren't prepared to fail like and i get it it's hard
0: Fall <laughs> down seven times you get back up eight right yeah. and you know i mean through all that i told you there was plenty of things that i tried that i failed i mean i did you know i tried to do various businesses you know within that time frame to kind of get out of real estate or do stuff within real estate and i failed miserably spent years on you know 12 months on projects 19 months on projects that just didn't go anywhere mm. um but then as you know, I'm a coach now and I coach agents across the country. Um, we don't have anybody in Australia yet. We've got people in Canada, but nobody yeah, yet in Australia right. yet. We, yeah, we're, we need to get some. And uh, I, I decided that I was just tired of real estate, right? I mean, I'm, I've, I'm an expert and I've sold almost 2,000 homes or over 2,000 homes. And I've been in the top 1%, you know, 16 years plus. And it was just like, I, I'm tired. And so I decided to change what I was doing and not not just sell, but now coach. And, right. and with that, tons of problems. I mean, we ended up spending so much money to get the coaching company off its feet. And yeah. I remember, you know, one of my sales salespeople calling me crying and just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't call one more person and have them tell me no. Like, ah, um, you know, I, mean, I had to give my program away for free and I had to coach people for free. And, and uh, I had to spend a lot of money and lose money on my, on my other business. Right. Cause like, my focus wasn't there. And then right it was just, Yes, and I mean I could have given up a hundred times from all the different things that didn't work and then all of a sudden one day it did right yeah. so um, the, the two comic club awards that you see up there are from you know within 18 months we, we did really really well uh, coaching but it's because we took the risk we didn't stop we, right. we had eight months of not making any money and then all of a sudden bam it hit and the second one hit quicker and then quicker right right but most people give up before they ever have a chance to even succeed
1: yeah no, completely, and it's hard, and it doesn't matter if you're in business or if you're looking to invest or if you have a career or whatever it is, the thing that you're trying for, yeah, it's it's always so close, and, yeah, you just got to keep going, like especially if you're passionate about it, which obviously you are and you're proven to be so good at it. Um, and in, in that career, in your career, you've obviously written a couple of books. One of them in particular I want to talk about um, which is your FIRE book. Have you read it? You haven't read it, have you? I haven't read it. Um, I mean, obviously I know the concept and for those who don't know what FIRE is, it's financial independence, retire early. That's it. Your crappy job won't quit itself. (laughs) Right. so, So your approach, and I'm guessing based on the subtitle, is the idea that you have to go after the thing that you want to retire early, not sit in your job. Is that right? Yeah. So basically it, it's a, it teaches people how to find out, you know,
0: first of all, find out what they're passionate about, not just what they're good at, what they really, yeah. really love doing. Like maybe they've had an experience, like for example, maybe they've gone through a horrible divorce and they figured out a way to be able to get along with the other parent. Right. Yeah. Or maybe they have figured out um, some, maybe they're great at organizing or wh- whatever it might be. Um, maybe they're a great teacher and they love to teach math. and They, they, they want to be able to teach more children. So we teach them how to figure out what it is that you are really good at, that you love doing. Mm. And then we teach them how to monetize it and to market it. And the right. biggest, the biggest part with most people's problem is marketing, right? Is that they have this great idea and this great concept, but if nobody knows about your concept, then you know you're never going to get it out into the world. But right. most people have trouble even figuring out what the hell they even want to do. Like, like, what do I want to do? What do I like? And then they don't know how to put that into a plan and you know how to really take into accountability for well, what's it going to cost me? And how many resources am I going to need? And how much time is it going to be? And that time r- relates to resources and money as well, right? Yeah. How do I manage all this? And can I do it, you know, while I'm still working or do I need to quit my job? And it just kind of goes through all of that. And, and even if you're not working, there's, there's women that have been married, right? That their husbands leave them or, they're, or they're, their wives leave them and they were the primary bid winner, right? right? Or maybe yeah. they've been a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad and all of a sudden um, their kids are going, are going off to college and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm an empty nester. Like, what am I going to do with myself? Or they've been, or it's somebody who's been working at a job that they hate, and they just feel like they're, you know, I'll tell you this story. I was in uh, North Carolina, and I was talking to my um, best friend's uh, husband, and and I was telling him about this, you know, book I was writing and all this, and and she said, and he goes, Oh my gosh, you know, I I just I don't love what I'm doing, and I just wish I could quit, and da da da. And she went over and she tapped him on the back, and she said, Honey, you only have, you know. Uh, 25 years left that's all you have like 25 more years and and then you can retire and i'm thinking to myself are you kidding me 25 more years like that is just shoot me now. And I want to kill myself because I don't want to stay stuck and miserable for 25 more years. Right. So many people feel that way. And the book really teaches people how not to feel stuck, how to understand that there is a way out. Right. And that your, your fear can hold you back forever and you'll never, ever move forward and make a difference and make a change and be happy. And sometimes you might need to take a few steps back to take, you know, seven steps forward. Right. And you, you will, You're going to, but by the time you get to that place where you're in loving what you're doing, you, you know, you feel fulfilled and you have abundance, not just in money, but in your relationship, how you feel about yourself, your happiness, your, you know, your spirituality, every aspect of you, you automatically start soaring and it isn't always financially at first, right? I mean, but eventually it will be if you keep going. And so the book is... Talks all about that. And then it teaches you once you figure that out, how do you actually now market it, right? So we talk heavy emphasis on utilizing video and social media and how to really dominate in your your profession and your in your new, you know, career. Um, and it it's really works great like locally as well.
1: Yeah, okay. I love that. And what, you know, what's really different is it's not the traditional, um, well, it's not the common, I guess, ex- explanation of what fire is like financial independence, retire early. And what I really love about that, I actually, I actually hate the mainstream fire explanation Uh because it's all about scrimping and saving and being super frugal to the point where you barely live your life so that you can save up enough to retire early and live off that. But it's like, I just see so, and look, it works for some people and that's awesome, but I see so many people in just this constant struggle mode, trying to scrimp and save every single thing. And yet- Pinching your fees. Pinching like, pennies. You're never
0: going to create wealth. You're never right? going to create wealth. It's just, that.
1: it's not the formula. And there's, there's not, certainly from what I see in the fire, in the traditional fire movement, is there's just not enough focus on- how to actually build wealth, create w- yes. real wealth, get proper returns, uh, mm-hmm. invest it well. <clears throat> you know, like it, the, the focus is on penny pinching, not making more money. Like, Absolutely. like, and it's just, it drives me so insane because it, it creates this hate relationship with money that like it should be squandered so that you might get it, like a couple more years. But it's like, yeah, but your life's now too. Like, you're living life now as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so um, true. And, and, you know, when you're, um, like you said, when you're miserable like that, I mean, you have, it's a bad relationship with money. You need to be, make a personal investment in yourself. The the quickest way to make any kind of money is to make a personal investment in yourself. Right. I mean, for example, you know, I mean, I couldn't afford school. I put, I, but I got a loan. I put myself through college. Right. And then, I couldn't afford my master's degree, but I, I worked full time and then, you know, and, and went to school, worked from eight, from 10 to six and went to school from six thirty to 10, like, you know, four nights a week and worked five, It it was not fun. So you invest in yourself and then you take the money out to do so. But then that now, I mean, that my, my teaching credential, my master's degree, you know, it's now what helps me coach. Yeah. Right. And I'm really, really good at it because I made that investment, which at the time kind of hurt and paying the student loans and, you know, and not being able to party like my friends and do all the fun stuff in school. And I was just working, you know, eight hours a day. Yeah. But now it's it's paid off, but it wouldn't have worked if had i been so worried about, you know, having that debt that I, I'd still be, I'd be working at Costco still, right? That's what <laughs> I've been doing. Right. Are you wanting a kickstart on your business? And you want to learn how to be the go to professional in your industry? Well, guess what? I've got a challenge for you. It's five days of coaching, it's brand new. Just go to KristaMayshore.com slash client conversion. That's KristaMayshore.com slash client conversion. And you'll get a training with me for five straight days that's going to help kickstart you as the go to professional in your industry. So sign up and I'll see you there.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Like, and certainly part of, part of the massive methodology methodology that i teach is all about obviously as you know i teach women to invest in the stock market but i'm i'm a big believer in, in a in a full portfolio of all assets including real estate which i do as well um, but also this idea that debt not all debt is bad like But there's such there's a massive hookup and yes if you're paying 25 percent on a credit card yeah that's crappy like stop it (laughs) but um yeah like not all debt is bad and let and yet so many people forget that when they take on a home loan even for an investment property or even your own home the majority of it is debt but most people have no problem with that because we're just conditioned into like thinking believing feeling that home debt is okay but like personal debt and investing in yourself and you know bettering yourself is not great like that's what blows my mind it's kind of like you though like you invested in you know the two comma club right like and
0: that's right. the that's best which be $18,000 for the year yeah. right yeah okay and that's,
1: and that's us so with the Australian conversion rate right now it's like, that, like 23 or 24 1.5 so it's 50% more oh it's 100% more 50% more Okay, so you paid. Yeah. Okay, Okay, a lot. Like, right. Yeah, about like 20 dollars. Twenty-eight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of money. So, but you did that because number one, you know that you it takes money to make money. It takes knowledge to make money, and the quicker that you can buy the knowledge to make the money to get there sooner, the faster you know. You know, time is is equivalent to money, right? So, right. if you don't have the the knowledge to get you where you want to go more quickly, then it's going to take you seven, eight, nine, 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas you can take pay for the knowledge and then you can get there in one, two years. Right? right. And, but people don't see it that way. It just, it amazes me. I mean, here, here I am the kid from juvenile hall and a foster home and a group home. Right. Who, you know, now I own eight or nine homes outright, no debt, you know, never, no one's ever given me a dime. It's all from hard work, investing in myself, investing in my business, and then investing back yeah. into my continually. Right. right. Um, And, and, you know, I'm no different than any person listening to this. I am, in fact, I'm, in fact, I have a learning disability. I'm probably dumber than most of you that are, that's listening. I was doing a training today, as a matter of fact, and it was actually talking about how do you, using it, me out the line of credit to then just a whole new way of thinking about paying, paying your mortgage, right? Right. Yeah. And that took me longer than anybody else in that room to to get it. And then finally, I I get it. But I, I kept saying, and I kept asking questions and then finally the light went off. So I'm the person that has to do things five times when you do it one, right? Yeah. But the thing yeah. is, is that I'll do it five times.
1: Yeah. Whereas some people do it half or one and-
0: those people, <laughs> Yeah, those, not yeah. some.
1: Like yeah.
0: 97% of people are not truly willing to do what it takes or sacrifice anything. Like they want to have everything, you know, given to them and they're not willing to sacrifice their lifestyle or they're not willing to get up earlier or to go to bed later or to or to not maybe get that Starbucks every day or not, you know, like what can I say no to now so that I can say yes later? Like you right. really got to think, what can I say no to now so I can say yes later?
1: That and is to- <laughs> so true. And it's like, it is a hard truth, but you're so right. Like something I learned... In I don't know if you know him, Chris Harder, he's has this awesome podcast called For the Love of Money. And in one of the episodes, it talks about how if you stood in a room of a hundred people and you asked them the question, Do you want to, do you want financial freedom? Like a hundred hands would go up, maybe 99, because you know, one person has his hookup about how money's bad or something. But like most people. And yet you ask how many people are either on the path or have the steps or getting the knowledge to get there or be already there and there's like maybe five because you're right most people just aren't not willing to do what it takes to actually get there they want to, we live in this instant gratification world now of yeah. microwaves and uber and uber eats and we have we can get everything now and after pay is making it so much easier if you can't get a credit card and yet yeah you're so right like People want it, but they're just not willing to do the work. How do we we change that in people? I don't know. I honestly, I wish I knew the answer because I feel like sometimes I'm screaming at people going, do you realize what you're missing out on not investing? Like now, do you realize like what you're leaving on the table waiting a year, two, three, four, five, and that one year turns into 10 years and you could literally be hundreds of thousands of dollars further ahead if you like- i I don't know i <laughs> people say what they want money, but I just yeah, I don't get it it's uh, let me ask
0: you a question this is like talking about because I believe a person's their best investment is investing in themselves, totally right so let me ask you a question is is blood good or bad
1: uh neither well, really <laughs> <laughs> is blood good or bad blood oh good blood. Yeah, okay it's good. it's good, right
0: but yeah. It depends upon the, the circumstance, right? If the blood is being poured on the ground or if, there, if you get a blood transfusion and it's got AIDS, blood is not good. Right. Okay. So, and, and answer this like, like you would if you didn't know I was trying to trick you. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Is debt good or bad? Is, is what, sorry? That good or bad? Well, most people would say bad, but I okay. think it's good. Well, it, it can be both. It depends, right? It depends, depends if you're using that debt to create more liabilities, or you're
0: okay. using that debt for your personal investment in yourself to make more assets. Yeah, right. So, Agreed. debt is not a bad thing if you're utilizing it to invest in yourself to get the knowledge, to save the time, to make the money. Right? Debt's bad if you're buying cars and you know trains and vacations that you can't afford. But when you have debt, it's just like blood. Blood's great because you need to survive. It's inside your body. Once it leaves, <laughs> not a good thing. Yeah. Okay. If it's contaminated, not a good thing. Debt, the exact same thing. Debt that you have to create more liabilities, not a good thing. Debt that you have to create more assets to get less liabilities later, good thing, right? And that's what people are just, they're so afraid to invest in themselves to take the time to put it in. Um, and quite frankly, what's the worst thing that can happen? You'll fire bankruptcy, right? I mean, that, every darn millionaire, millionaires file bankruptcy, most of them have. So invest in yourself, don't take no for an answer. Like, figure out what you love. Be committed. Have pain now of loss of getting to do whatever you want, so you can have way more fun later. And just make Uh, a commitment
1: and do it. Yeah, I know. I, I honestly, I wish I could play that like on repeat at a loudspeaker (laughs) and drive around the streets. (laughs) Maybe that'll change people. It really is just that simple. I know. I, I am hands down like you were preaching to the choir here, like. I want to How you like you
0: speak we speak each other's language, you know? <laughs>
1: know? Yeah, and I think it's hard to like, you know, we are in the same world where we surround ourselves with people who are doing it, getting it, committed. And they're better than us, right? Like the best way oh my
0: God, so to get better is by being around people that are better than you or learning from someone that's yeah. better than you, that's done that, that's been there. I mean, that's the only way to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's you know, and but I I also do forget that the world that we surround ourselves with are not the majority of the population. Like when you look at the pro- like when you look at the stats, 80% of people live paycheck to paycheck. Like I just read a stat and you're so right. So I just listened to a podcast
0: and it was um, saying that seven out of 10 men live paycheck to women, live paycheck to paycheck. And men, men, sorry. Seven, women, seven out of 10 women live paycheck to paycheck and eight out of 10 men live paycheck to paycheck. So less men yep. live paycheck to paycheck than, than women. But seven out of ten women, eight out of ten men, and that if people needed to get you know a thousand dollars to save their life because this catastrophe happened, ninety five percent of them could never do it. They couldn't even access a thousand dollars. No, right? And and that to me is just so scary. So change that. Yeah. like you are the only one responsible for creating the life that you deserve. Let me just say that more time. You are the only one responsible for creating the life that you deserve. That's my quote. Okay, <laughs> and, and yeah it's just so true. So take control and do it and don't take no for an answer and you're going to fall and it's going to hurt and you're going to fall again. You're going to think it sucks and it's not going to work. And then, oh my gosh. And then one day it's going to.
1: Yeah, it will. It's, and you know, I think that word control is such, you are so bang on. And because like we, certainly in the, in the world that I live in full of financial advisors and brokers that take massive commissions and fees and yet people pay it and hand their control and hand their money over and it's I think about people stepping into owning the responsibility and owning the control and stepping up and being okay with it falling on their shoulders (laughs) but like rather than giving that control over like you could literally have the control. Like the control is in your hands, and possible. But I think that that is so scary for so many people. Like it's almost. Not like, you have like a good teacher like yeah, you. Um, yeah, true. <laughs> or you. Um, so I want to pivot for a moment. I I want to talk about like from the from the other side of your world when it comes to real estate. What would you? Can you throw out some gold nuggets for people who are either buying homes or buying investment properties? uh you know i have my view in terms of um i always think that having 20% down is like necessarily um as a homeowner obviously uh, or an investment property um i think that's it that's a big big thing for me but i want to hear your kind of big things around what are your big things around buying so i think that that first of all um 6 out of 10 people have
0: not repurchased a house from the crash so, six out of 10 people have not re entered the housing market from the crash.
1: Wow. But let
0: me explain to you. Most of them have the ability to, that's crazy. I know. Most of them have the ability to five, six years ago, right? They could have re entered after five yeah. or six years of, yeah. of, of losing their house, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which means that they would have re entered the market back then. They would have, you know, if you just take a house, let's just say in my area, that at that time was worth $200,000. That house now, is worth $500,000, right? So if you could have entered the market with 3.5% down, FHA, as long as you could afford it, and it didn't financially hurt you, based upon the fact that, you know, I would have been a million dollars and the market was going to go up, right? And I would have said, yes, get in the market, do what you can to get in, right. okay? Even now still. So um, they are anticipating that we're going to have just normal appreciation. So and I'm talking United States. I'm not sure what it's like in Australia, but normal appreciation okay. over the next three to five years through 2020, okay? 2022, so we're in 19, so three more years, which means that over, if you take took a house that's $250,000, you're going to make $44,900 in the next, from now until 2020 in appreciation, okay? Right. So that means that even if somebody enters with little down, they at least are going to have money. Plus they have the, the tax write off of the interest. So I say, yes, yes, own anytime. I also say, never, never sell unless like the market was even completely crash. I mean, you got you got to think of where you're at in life. But when I meet with 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 investors, when I meet with homeowners. The first question I ask them is, "Can you save this property? Do you need to sell? Can you can you yeah. maybe take money out of this property to put down on the next one? Keep this one rented out to accumulate wealth, right? right? So I say, bye bye bye. Hold 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 for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And another really great strategy is actually to get a home equity line of credit mm-hmm. off of your off your mortgage. Everyone should be doing this, right? So as long as you've got twenty percent equity, in most cases, and good enough credit, they will loan you up to 10%, you know, home equity line of credit. Yeah. You then, you need to start thinking about your bank account, okay, your home equity line of credit, like your bank account. So what do the banks do? And this is, I'm getting kind of deep here. Is that okay? Totally. Okay. Yes. So this is Very deep. Perfect. You're not going to really hear me, okay? So what do the banks encourage us to take all of our money and put it in the bank, right? Yeah. And then they take <laughs> all of our money. And they say, okay, they go um, you know, to China and they say, okay, China, I have $600, 000, $600 billion here of other people's money. What can you loan me on this as a line of credit? So they say, okay, we're going to give you $500 billion, right? Then they take that and they take that money and then they sell that money, hopefully, right? And even, even if they lose it though, they, they lose it. It doesn't matter because our money is FDIC insured. So we're okay, right? But let's just, they take that money then that they borrowed from our money, okay? And then they pay, um, they make a hundred grand because they sell it for more money. Then they take that, the now now that money they had that $5 billion they owed is now paid back. They have a hundred billion dollars into loan loans and stuff on that. So they're utilizing our money to continue to get rich. But what we need to start doing is to utilize our money to get rich. So you need to, if you were to take money from a a land of credit, right? And then you pay your mortgage, and all of your expenses, let's just say your cost of, live, cost of living is $7,000 a month, okay? And let's just say that you, um, that you make $10,000 a month, all right? So you're then going to uh, take money out of your home equity line of credit. You're going to pay down your mortgage balance, okay? So now your mortgage balance goes just say from $500 to $485,000. By doing that, you're going to save around 20 months of payments, and around forty plus thousand dollars in interest, and if you do that, and then again, then you get paid. You pay back your home equity line of credit, so that goes down. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it, does. And it was kind of confusing. but You do this over and over again. By month six, your home equity line of credit is paid off. You've you've paid six. You've been paying your mortgage in that payment, and then you then again do the same thing over. You then take another draw, twenty five thousand, pay that towards your your home your your uh. The principal and mm-hmm. that principal goes from 500 to 485 from 45 to what $25,000 more then you've saved it's like in a matter of 14 months you'll save about $155,000 and you'll save 81 months of payment it's just insane I mean that's that's what the banks are doing so we have to start looking at how we view money how we view loans how we view interest yeah differently yeah and that that's a different strategy that that I could go on all day about but <laughs>
1: Yeah, particularly at the moment with our current interest rates um, being so low. I mean, I know, given you've been in the market for 17 years, you would have seen them a double, <laughs> double yeah. what we're currently paying. And I think that that's a, um, you know, I think a lot of people really need to understand that, like, especially for people that are buying on 5% or even 10% down, that it's not about what you can get in at. It's whether you can service the loan at double the interest rate you're currently paying, which is you know, historic lows, Um, yeah, and and understand, totally, 100% understanding that banks use our money. (laughs) So we need to use our money, right, Right. and and stop, stop, you know, so you can pay off credit card debt
0: using this scenario, you can pay off student loans, you can pay off just about anything, and again, it's by, and if you don't have a home, you can also, you can also utilize this doing a credit card, it's just thinking about things differently, and we've been trained so much that, oh, debt is bad, but really when you have a, a, a home and there's equity, it, that's like a bank account that you can utilize to then spend their money instead of spending yours to make them more. Right. Totally. So my, my bottom line, yes. Own a home, do whatever you can. If you're listening to this and you don't think that you can, most homeowners can buy, can, can most people can afford to buy and they don't know they can. Yeah. They think they need more money. They think they need more money down. Not true. Go talk to somebody, go speak to, to a, a real estate agent that you trust. In fact, reach out to me and I can get set you up with a community market leader. We're all over the place and they will take great care of you. Right. Mm. Oh, and if you're listening to this, and you think, I just want to get coached, then call me and I will teach you how to like kickstart your business and,
1: and really have a different kind of mindset about life and business and right. moving forward. Totally. a different, <laughs> different perspective on fire for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally.
0: Yes. It's totally different. This, I mean, I, I'm passionate about this. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm 48 years old, and so I see so many of my friends and people that, that, I, that we're, we're close to, both men and women, that are just either stuck and they hate their job, mm. or they've gone to college like, what the hell do I do? Or mm. their husbands have left them, or wives have left them, like, oh my gosh, I'm screwed now. i got to work at tar- Target. I mean, and that's not the case, but we need to teach them that there's so much more to do it. And so I'm very passionate about this because I want people to be happy,
1: right? I mean, like, yeah. And just to know that life is not about that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. uh, It's, it it breaks my heart when there's like, uh, even those memes, like, or those whatever hashtags about, you know, oh my God, Monday and thank God it's Friday. And it's like, but that's like the large majority of your life. (laughs) I know. You know, I'm like,
0: yeah, it's scary. You know, it's hard getting there. It's a hard road, right? Yeah. you know, if you want something bad enough, as long as you know what your, your why, like my why, remember when the girls, when, when I was, you know, stranded in my house with no money and a burning house and two kids, yeah. my why, my, my kid, my girls got to keep them safe. Got to keep them. I want to make them happy security. Right. I, I need right. to show them that they're, they are just fine. Yeah. That was my and That, that was, I was in scarcity mode for a long time with that. Why? Right. It pushed me to just, I was so fearful of losing everything. I didn't stop. And then my, now my why is you know, I, I want to help other people. And I know that I want to show my daughters that, you know, how great it feels to be a philanthropist and how good it feels to help people. And um, yeah, you know, I didn't do this, but when I left juvenile hall, I got a scholarship for about $2,500 um, a semester. And it wasn't a lot of money, but it was a, a lot of money to me then because even though I was paying for my college and my books and everything else, it meant pretty much that I could eat and then pay for my books pretty much for that next quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Which which for me was, was great. But they, when, when they gave me the scholarship, they said, Krista, when you do better and, and when you get older, I want you to, sh- to remember this and to pay it forward. So I was reading the book, uh, Napoleon Hill, Thinking, to Rich, right? And he talks yeah. about how you're going to have, um, that people have ideas. And most people, when they have these ideas, they freeze or they don't act upon them. But you, when you get this idea that you need to act upon it, right? Don't wait. Like something's going to come to you. And when, when it does, go for it. Mm. So I was reading the book and I was, and he was talking about the school system and how kids, um, they just aren't taught leadership and they aren't, they aren't taught to have good mindset. They aren't taught that they can do whatever they want, but they have to just work for it. And they aren't taught that, uh, you know, the, the power of positivity and the power of giving. And so I thought, oh my God, you know, I was a teacher. I knew this was true. So I, I went to my computer, and I wrote on Facebook, I want to help, you know, uh, 30 kids. I'm going to pay them a thousand dollars each and you're going to read a book with me and we're going to go through a training and, you know, you got to. Promise not to be, not to drink alcohol or do drugs for that eight weeks. You got to promise to pay it forward every day. You got to promise to read the book and be on a call with me once a week. Right. And I started this, this nonprofit called Teens Lifting Lives. And it's basically money that I, I 100% comes from me, money that I earn. And again, I am by no means not rich. I just, I told you, I like like to be a philanthropist. So I paid kids to go through a training with me now through Teens Lifting Lives. And, um, when I pay the money, the first time it was a thousand dollars and I paid them 750, but they have to give $250 back to their community. So they've got to pay okay. it forward and back. And they have to do right. two random acts of kindness every single day. And it has taught them, wow, wow I can do this. Right. So yeah. there was a reason I was telling you that, but you know, I know that I was built putting in the serve to serve and to help people yeah. and like, you know, really, and that, you know, I could have just listened to that book and then and, and and been greedy with my money, and but I know by doing that I'm, I'm getting more, right? It's it's helping me by giving, you know, you receive more, and so um, I, I'll know that I'm really successful when I could spend just as much as I make all the time. That's you know to help people, like to, yeah. to give back, serve. Right. That's when I'll know that I've made it, and I'm not anywhere near there yet. I'm getting there, but I'm you know my goal is to, to donate about a hundred thousand dollars a year to Teen Sifting
1: Lives. Um, we just you know, and 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 it means something, you know. Yeah. So. That's amazing. I love that. And and really, like, I think that's so much more powerful than just giving money. Obviously, giving money away is, like, freaking amazing. But what you're doing, the everyday engagement changing, you know, that honestly, it's changing their rewiring around giving and helping and contributing to other people as well. Yeah. And holding them accountable. Um, but, yeah, which is just, that's beautiful. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Krista. I am going to put your info in the show notes, but where can people find you if they want to find you? Yeah. So you can get my book fire. It's actually on Amazon. So it's awesome. fire financially independent, retire early. Your crappy job won't quit
0: itself. <laughs> um, if you're a real estate agent, I have a book called sell hundred plus homes a year. So if you want, if you're a real estate agent, you want to know how to sell hundred homes a year, this book will help you. Okay. And then you can go to Krista Mayshore. It's dot com, uh-huh. And you can find out about
1: our programs and our books and everything we have to offer. And, and that's it. You can find me on Facebook too. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, I love your insights. Thanks for showing your gems on, you know, honestly, literally saving over like $100,000 on your home loan and, you know, making your money work for you harder. That's amazing. Um, yeah. It's, it's been awesome to have you on and, and chat to you. Thank you.
0: I appreciate it. I love what you're doing. You keep it up, Simone. <laughs> Thanks.